when you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. You're listening to the official podcast of the nation, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. In a way. Yo, what's up, Red Raider Nation? And welcome back to another edition of the nation's official podcast. We are your host. I am TJ Kern. That is Blake Hartsfield. Blake, man, I know we're going to get into this BYU football game and how the Red Raiders played over the weekend. But first, how you doing, my guy? TJ, I'm doing great, especially since our uh, Texas Rangers are headed to the World Series. Can you take me higher? Awesome. I know that that series has kind of split the fan base for Texas Tech in half, but um, we're both on the side of the Rangers and was thrilled to win game seven. Looking forward to Friday night for the first game there. And to be honest to Red Raider Nation, the reason we're recording midweek and not early week was because, man, that that thing right there is is my heart. I mean, my heart, soul, everything about it. Um, I didn't even get three hours of sleep in two days between game six and game seven. Um, but yeah, that's an- another show, another time. We're here to talk Red Raiders. And Blake, there was a certain Red Raider, a very famous Red Raider, that made a statement on Sunday before he went off and went bonkers on the San Diego Chargers. Of course, I'm talking about our guy, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, TJ, um, been a lot of rumors around Raiderland over the last month about this new apparel deal and Under Armour having the right to match Adidas's offer, and apparently they did, but then Tech had the, uh, had the option to decline it, and it sounds like that's what happened. But to your point, uh, Mahomes walks in with, with a Texas Tech uh, t-shirt on, and, and over the Under Armour logo he has... A, a piece of duct tape with Adidas written on it. Um, and Wasn't that he great? Gets, yeah, it's, I mean, that's just, that's pretty good. Um, and then when he gets in the locker room, he makes it official, comes out and tweets about it, and that it's coming next summer. Um, TJ, I think this is an excellent move uh, for, for Texas Tech for a lot of reasons uh, that we can we can talk about, most notably for basketball and recruiting. Um, these shoe companies have got a lot of pull on the AAU circuits, and I know that was something Beard used to complain about when we were with Under Armour and, and Adams didn't like it. I'm sure Coach McCasland is thrilled that we're now in Adidas school, joining Kansas as the only other one in the Big 12, so that should help recruiting there. But, TJ, on the football front, um, it, not only are they going to be Adidas, but they're going to be the first school that is the Patrick Mahomes line uh, of Adidas. And I don't know how much you're familiar with this, but basically what Adidas is trying to do with Mahomes is similar to what Nike did with the Jordan brand back in the 80s and 90s. And it's part of Adidas, but they're trying to build it into its own entity um, and kind of use his star power. So I think this is an excellent move for Texas Tech to be to be tied at the hip to Mahomes. Well, we're already tied with Mahomes. Look, Texas Tech. Uh, has a sponsorship deal with the Chiefs to broad, uh, not broadcast, we're not broadcasting, uh, to advertise uh, on the Arrowhead scoreboard in different places throughout Arrowhead. You, you'll see the double T. I mean, when you say Pat Mahomes is a brand ambassador for Texas Tech, that cannot be understated. And he is on top of the world right now. And because he's on top of the world right now, Texas Tech 
has a chance to benefit and absolutely become the first school. Now, what I'm excited about, you touched on it a little bit, has nothing to do with football, has nothing to do with, you know, the the Pat Mahomes quote-unquote brand. I'm talking about the golfers. I'm talking about track. I'm talking about soccer. And by the way, I, I'm pretty sure the, the women's soccer team, didn't they win the Big 12? They did. Did you see that? Outright uh, in, the, in the regular season, which I believe is a first for Tech in any sport. Yeah. I know, so, I know the basketball soccer, team had a shared title with K-State the year that we went to the title game, but they didn't win it outright. So, um, Yeah, soccer is a big Adidas school – or not Adidas school, you know, Adidas sport. Track is a huge Adidas sport. So I think this, this deal – and you've heard rumors out of Lubbock for several years that the quality of uh, shoes, the quality of equipment, the quality of this, that, and the other – um, with Under Armour was declining, and I think this is fantastic for not only Mahomes but Tech, and then the athletic program as a whole. My big question is: Are we going to see the Lady Raiders soccer team out there in PM gear, or are they going to be in Adidas gear? Is the track team going to be in PM gear, or are they going to be in Adidas gear? Well, I think it's going to be one and the same. I think it's going to be, obviously, Adidas gear. It's probably going to have the PM logo somewhere on it. Um, Again, similar to what Nike did with the Jordan brand. But um, I just think this is a great move, TJ. I think that – and credit to Mahomes. The the Chiefs – the day that the Chiefs drafted uh, Pat, they became my second favorite team behind the Cowboys. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan first. but Easily. I'm sitting here with a Chiefs sweatshirt on my bed. Yeah, I I moved. I moved from here to Kansas City, and it just so happens the pandemic got started, and I didn't get to go watch him play. But I lived up in Kansas City for a year. I made that move because Pat Mahomes was up there. Yep, and and the Chiefs are easy to root for. They're in the opposite conference. They almost never play the Cowboys. I think they play like once every four years with the rotating schedule, but. Credit to Mahomes. Uh, the guy's awesome. He doesn't have to embrace tech in the way that he does and support tech in the way that he does. A lot of guys, once they graduate from school, as we all know, they get into the league and, yeah, that's my alma mater, but they don't do a whole lot to help the program or they don't embrace being an ambassador for the program, and, and that's not Mahomes at all. Um, I'll never forget him showing up to the Final Four and and flexing over on the sideline and and being a you know a, a camera magnet on national television. Um, he routinely walks into Chiefs game in tech apparel. Um, he 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 makes trips to Lubbock to go to games in both football and basketball every year. He he just goes out of his way to to promote the university. Obviously, he was the driver behind that that sponsorship deal uh, for advertising within Arrowhead that you've mentioned and. Um, he was the driving force behind getting Adidas to, to pick up tech. I don't think uh, Adidas makes the lucrative offer that they made um, unless Mahomes is driving that bus. So um, shout out to Pat. He will always be a Red Raider legend, um, and we're very lucky to have him. And if there is going to be an Adidas PM line where it's going to kind of resemble Jordan, the one thing is – Texas Tech is the first school on that on that list. Like, I mean, what other school w- would there be? Yeah, there's no doubt. And look at what Nike's done for Oregon. If 
I'm not saying that Mahomes is going to be able to make the same level of impact that Phil Knight made for, for Oregon's athletic department, but um, Mahomes is, is building an empire. Obviously he's got the, the largest contract in NFL history in terms of years and total number, total dollar number. Um, he just renegotiated that he's making, he's on every other commercial. Now, when you watch an NFL every game, he's get, I mean, he's become the face of the league. He's building an empire. Um, His I read best an friend, Dayton Taylor Swift. Yep. Yep. I, I read an article yesterday that, um, you know, he wants to own a, an NFL franchise once he's done playing. Um, he's building this Pat Mahomes line with Adidas and, and that's look, Jordan made money playing, but Jordan made his money from, from the air Jordan brand. Um, Mahomes has an opportunity to really transform uh, not only with his star power, but financially transform the, the tech athletic department. And I know this is a tech show here on the nation's official podcast with TJ and Blake, but something just popped in my head when you said that. What's that? What's the, what's to keep Pat from getting the going to the Joneses and saying I want the Cowboys. They'll never sell. Uh, I know, but wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, yes, but it, it's. I mean, never I don't think happen. the Hunts are going to sell either. So they're. I mean, the Chiefs are out. Never going to happen. Um, Jerry and that family will never sell that team. They could get offered five times the value, and it's the most valuable franchise, and it's never going to happen. So anyway, I, I just thought we'd we'd start this show off with a little bit of fun talking about Adidas and. The potential, or it's not potential anymore. It's it's been announced that uh, you know there there hasn't been a lot of details come out, but Pat did kind of uh, drop that bombshell on us over the weekend. Great move, absolutely great move for the university and for Mahomes. What do you think of the logo? I've I've been on Twitter and you know he has his own logo and it's kind of split Red Raider Nation. Some people are like, eh. You know, he needs a new logo if we're going to do this. Others are like, ah, the logo's cool. What do you think of the logo? I don't have a problem with the logo. It's a little unconventional, but a lot of – I don't know if you're a tennis guy, TJ, but a lot of the top tennis players, whether it's Federer and all Djokovic, they all have their own logo, and they're similar to this where it's around their initial. Um, it's very clearly got a PM in it. I, I don't have a big problem with it. And, again, this isn't going to be like – it's not a situation for tech fans where this logo is going to be the the – only thing that you see on the jersey, right? You're probably going to see an Adidas, you know, the, the traditional Adidas logo with the Pat Mahomes logo right next to it or on the sleeve or something. And then it's going to be all, you know, tech related on the rest of the uniform. So I don't, Another... I don't think, I think, I think people are overreacting a little bit to that they don't like the aesthetic of the logo. I think the logo's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But again, it's, it's going to be in, in the upper corner of the jersey or on the sleeve. Well, and here's a back to your Phil Knight thought. Does Mahomes take a hands-on approach to the uniforms? We, you know, the the thing with Under Armour was, uh, we we thought we were going to be getting these awesome uniforms, and not that the tech uniforms are bad, but they never became Under Armour's Oregon. No. Um, I think so. I think Mahomes will certainly have, and, and, and again, with it being in his line, I think he'll certainly have some creative influence and be able to um, influence the the out the the outcome of what the jerseys end up looking like, and particularly in football, but probably in other sports as well. Um, I hope that he's a fan of the classic double T. I know that I, I die on the hill that the classic double T is better than the modern double T, but. 
Um, I trust, you know, Adidas and, and I trust Pat to, to give us a good look. Well, there you have it here on the nation's official podcast, Adidas and Texas tech coming soon to an athletic field near you. But Blake, this is a Texas tech podcast. We do talk football during football season and Blake, it's, it, I'm just going to say it. This team hasn't been a lot of fun to cover this year. Oh, a team that's three and five and two and three in the Big 12 isn't isn't a good time to talk about when they were talking about Big 12 championships and everything runs through Lubbock and we'd whip last year's team by two touchdowns. And yeah, TJ, look, it's time to take the kids gloves, kid gloves off and call a spade a spade. This is a bad football team. Uh, they lose Saturday night up in uh, Provo, Utah, 27-14 to BYU. TJ, uh, nine penalties for 80 yards. That's an undisciplined football team. Comes back to the coaches. Uh, five turnovers, uh, two fumbles and three interceptions. And really, it was six turnovers because on their opening offensive possession, they drove all the way down and had fourth and one from the three-yard line where they could pick up a first down and they – Jake Strong botches the exchange on the handoff to Taj Brooks. Te technically recovered the football uh, in the backfield, but it was a turnover on down. So it was really six turnovers. Um, you're just not going to win very many games with nine penalties and six turnovers. Uh, and, and that's bad football teams, TJ. You are, we always say that you are what your record says you are. Well, this team is three and five. And I hate to say this, but I don't think they're going to a ball game at this point. Okay, so we'll get to the offense and the defense and, like, all that here in a second. But since you brought up the bowl game, it's a bye week. And I think this is the absolute perfect time for us to relax, pump the brakes, get people healthy, hint, hint, Baron Martin, and then you take a run at your schedule, which you have three winnable games – if Baron Morton's the quarterback in front of you with TCU at home, Kansas on the road and UCF, if Baron Morton's your quarterback, you can win all three of those and go bowling before you ever even touch the field in Austin. Certainly possible TJ. If Baron Morton comes back healthy and he's 90% or healthier, they, they have a chance to do that. But even if he is healthy, TJ, would you pick them to, to, to run the table here and, and win those three games to get to a bowl? Because that's what it's going to take. Oh, yeah. No, because I, I I don't – we're not – we're throwing Austin out, aren't we? I think that if you're in a position where – obviously it's a rivalry game and Tech would love to – I would love to beat UT in their last year in the Big 12 more than anybody. Um, I'm never going to sit up here and say they have no chance. They Obviously they have a chance, but I think if you're in a situation where – you're go and I said it on last week's podcast. If you're in a situation where winning in Austin is what is going to get you to a bowl game, I don't think that that's a good situation to be in. And not making a bowl game, TJ, after what they talked about in the in the off season and coming into this year, is an unmitigated failure by this team and this coaching staff. This year has been a disaster um, for a lot of reasons that we've talked about and we will talk about today. But TJ, they're a bad football team, plain and simple. And let's just get into it, man, because there's another topic that I want to bring up. Taj Brooks is a damn monster, and we're sitting here wasting his production. 
TJ, Taj, as great as Taj Brooks is, and look, they finally gave him the football. They gave him 31 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown in this game. So Taj did his job. But TJ, this is easily, in my opinion, the worst offense that Tech has fielded this century. And that's that's a big statement. But like in 23 years in the 2000, you know, after the millennial turn, this is the worst offense that I've seen at Tech. They're horrible on offense. And it goes back to keeping your quarterbacks healthy, whether it's Tyler Shuck and now Baron Morton, who had, look, as much as you and I love Baron Morton, he had a chance last season starter for the rest of the year, got hurt. Not his fault. It is what it is this year. Bring Tyler Shuck, run him, run him, run him, run him, run him into the ground basically until he got hurt. Baron Morton again has the opportunity to take the job and run with it. And he gets hurt. So now you're left with it, with true freshman Jake Strong, who I am not going to get on here and criticize because, look, he's a true freshman, one year removed from high school in a very competitive D1 conference playing quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm not going to take shots at Jake Strong. Jake Strong's trying his best. I, I said it last week. This was a kid that I think was brought in from Justin Northwest. He wasn't an overly high rated recruit i think that the coaching staff looked at him as kind of a, a a depth piece in the quarterback room for his tenure at tech um a guy that could be a quote-unquote career backup to baron morton and then you know after baron morton when the torch gets passed to will hammond which by the way will hammond continues to put up video game numbers down in huddo um but look jake strong's trying his best um he's clearly not cut out at this point to be a starter in the Big 12 attack. Um, not his fault, but to your point about Baron Morton's injuries and Tyler Shuck's injuries, he got hurt last year on a design quarterback run. Uh, he got hurt again this year on a design quarterback run. Tyler Shuck has gotten hurt both years on design quarterback runs. How many times do we have to keep seeing quarterbacks get hurt for Zach Kitley to figure out calling all of these design quarterback runs is not a good plan? Hey, Blake, I got a question for you. Sure. How many times do you remember seeing B.J. Simmons run? He played that whole year with a torn ACL, if I remember correctly, so never. What about Graham Harrell? Did Graham Harrell ever run? What about what about Kingsbury? Kingsbury didn't run. No, Mike Leach quarterbacks did not run. The only one who ran successfully, and it, it, it wasn't designed runs, right, is Mahomes. Now, I know that uh, Donovan Smith – Donovan Smith was a different example. He was – he's 6'6 and 235. He can, Donovan he can Smith take was that. a specimen. Yeah, he, he can take – yeah, he can take that pounding, right? But um, – and I know we had another guy, Jarrett Duffy, that could run the ball a little bit. But, again, 6'4", big, physical. Mahomes was – when Mahomes would run, he would run on that backyard football stuff where he was extending plays. And it's like what he does in the pros where – Defense is playing, man, they all turn around, and he takes off and runs for 15 yards and gets down and gets out of bounds. But these designed runs for for Tyler Shuck and, and Baron Morton over the last two years, TJ, an occasional quarterback design run is okay, right? Once, maybe twice a game, just to keep the defense honest on the zone read, okay, sure. But when we're calling 10, 15, 20 runs for the quarterback, like – you're asking for it, and and it's happened two years in a row, and, and Kitley has got to learn he cannot do that. And I'm with you on 
you have to look. Pat Mahomes was the last QB to 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 have a healthy season. Dogs barking. So all you guys say what's up to Dottie. She's out there barking at me. Um, anyway, back to the the football team. Man, it is amazing that if Pat if Pat Mahomes quit playing football today, he's a Hall of Famer, right? We can both agree on that. And I, I've got to tie into this. So yeah, first ballot, hundred percent, right? Okay, so that means he's been in the league long enough to do some things, correct? Yes, he's been. I think this is his seventh year, sixth as a starter. He's okay. Made, in, in his first five years as a starter, he made five AFC Championship games. He's won two MVPs. He's won two bowls and lost another. So he's a pretty good start to his career. So when I tell you that he was the last Texas Tech quarterback to start and finish the season in one piece, it's been a long time around here, Blake. We talked about it last week. Uh, a combination of bad offensive line play since he's left, and TJ, this offensive line this year is not very good. Let's just let's just come out and say that, right? So a combination of bad offensive line play, not blocking for your quarterbacks, and then again, these last two years, I think a lot of it goes to the offensive coordinator and his his continued desire to run as quarterbacks because. Nothing else seems to work that he calls. So he's like, oh, that's the one thing that was that will work. So I'll call that. And, oh, shit, my quarterback got hurt. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, look, we, we covered that basketball team last year. And, and we had a lot of expectations for that team. And we were there every step of the way, loss after loss after loss after loss. And, and we had a good time. This is different. This is being promised something or being sold something that you purchase and man, it's going to be the best purchase of your life. And then you get home and it quit working. Like as soon as you get it out of the box, like it's missing pieces, it's missing screws, it's missing. I mean, it's just not put together. Right. Yeah. I think we all agree that last year's basketball season was was very disappointing. Um, the first year of Adams, obviously, they go to the Sweet 16, lose a tough game to Duke. Year two, they had a lot of roster turnover. Um, I think everybody expected them to be good, uh, but no one was out here parading them around as the Big 12 champs. And everybody said, hey, look, if they make the tournament and they get in, that that's a good year as kind of a follow-up in year two. That was That was a bad season. It was disappointing. Um, obviously, the things that happened uh, in practice that led to Mark, you know, Coach Adams' dismissal happened. But to your point, this is way more of a failure than last year's basketball team. This team returned, I think it was 15, 14 or 15 starters across both sides of the football. They talked about how they had the deepest quarterback room in the country. The defense had a lot of talent coming back skill positions coming back. They'd had a good portal recruiting class. And again, I keep coming back to these comments, but Coach McGuire himself talked about we're going to be in contention for the Big 12. Everything runs through Lubbock. And again, my personal favorite, we, we would beat last year's team by two touchdowns. This is an, a, a, a colossal failure, TJ. It, it is... It's just bad football. They, they And it goes back to the first game of the year with blowing that lead in Laramie, Wyoming, and it was an indication of what we were going to experience for the rest of the season. Um, they haven't proven to me that they can beat anybody that's any decent. 
Um, they've won two Big 12 games against Baylor and Houston. Well, it's looking like Baylor and Houston are two of the worst four or five teams in the conference along with yourself. Um, it, it, they're just not good, TJ, and it's very frustrating. Now, caveat to all that, the defense has played pretty decent. They actually played a good game up in Provo. They only give up 277 total yards, 27 points, but seven of that came from the offense fumbling the football in the end zone that BYU recovered for a touchdown. The defense gets a little bit of a pass here. They, they, Tim DeRoder's group continues to compete and give this offense opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Unfortunately, Zach Kitley can't get his troops in line, and, and they're just pathetic on that side of the football. Yeah, so this, these are my thoughts on the defense. Good, solid, not great. They don't take the football away. I think that's a good way to put it. They don't take the ball away. Um, they 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 have this the classic kind of bend but don't break approach, and a lot of times that works for them. Solid, but I wouldn't call them an elite defense. Um, I think last year's group was probably a little bit better just because they took the football away and – Tyree Wilson was able to create enough negative plays with sacks and, and blowing up plays in the backfield that they were able to attack offenses a little bit more than this year's group. But again, very solid. And I don't have anything ill to say towards Tim DeRuiter's group, particularly on the game and up in Provo. I mean, obviously losing Tyree Wilson was a huge deal. First round draft pick, first round talent. Uh, I even saw that Tyree Wilson was the highest-rated rookie edge rusher. He might have even been the highest-rated edge rusher of the week, either this this week or last week. He, he must have had a good game for the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. But that being said, losing that kind of talent, it definitely takes a toll on a defense. And when you don't have a – I'm going to bring them up even though I hate it – a Texas, an Oklahoma, a Bama, where it's a next man up, five-star, four-star, like we're ready to play. When next man up isn't ready to play, you got problems, Blake. Yeah, I mean, they're a long way from being at that level. I mean, it, very few programs can – And I wasn't re- saying can, that they're on that level. Can, can I was using it as an example. Yeah, I, I, like I said, very few programs can reload as opposed to rebuild. But to to the defense's credit, they've they've been pretty solid this year. I think there've been a few disappointments. I think a guy like Steve Linton hasn't really lived up to what he was supposed to be coming in as a transfer. I don't think he makes enough um, negative or you know gets enough negative plays against the offense to to warrant the hype that he got. Um, I think. Uh, as a whole, it's a group that competes, but they just—they're not quite as aggressive as last year's team. And again, they don't take the football away, but a solid group. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I don't think it's the defense's fault that we got here. I mean, we no. we took all that time talking about the offense for a reason because we're. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it with respect to. Everybody that's played at Tech since you said the the turn of the the two thousands here, right? And I've kind of I'll bring the Texas Rangers back up because there was there was times when I was a kid when the Rangers would score ten runs and you couldn't turn the TV off because the pitching was so bad that guess what they might lose that game. 
And there were times when the Rangers would be down 10 runs. And guess what? You couldn't turn the game off because they might come back. It's about being entertaining and it's about having fun as a fan watching your team play. Tech has always had an identity of first to 40 wins, right? Like we're going to be the air raid. We're going to throw for all these yards, make all these plays, score all these touchdowns. And this is the first time since I was a student, since before I was a student, when I kind of paid attention to tech. We're, and we're talking about this this same time frame. I graduated high school in 2003. I didn't get to Lubbock until 2007. So that early 2000s uh, time frame is a is when I started paying attention to tech. Guys like Torian Henderson and Dwayne Slay, that that type of uh, Red Raider uh, era. But you're not putting up 30, 40 a week anymore. No, um, they're supposed to. Zach Kitley is from the Air Raid tree. He was Pat Mahomes' quarterback coach. He coached under Kingsbury. Um, he's got all of the the background to be an Air Raid offensive coordinator. For whatever reason, it has not translated here in the two years that he's been here. Um, I've been on record saying that a change needs to be made. I'm not going to back down from that. Um, I just don't think that the fit is correct for whatever reason. It's not working. Um, and you can't defend it at this point anymore, TJ. The, the offense is just bad. He he. The first half of the year, I think he was playing, and I, I've, I've said it, I think he was playing the wrong quarterback. Um, he continued, He got his quarterbacks hurt with, with these offensive or, or these design quarterback runs, and now he's in a situation where he's on to his third-string quarterback who – Again, he's trying his best, but he's he's just not even close to ready, and and he he can't play at this level, TJ. So it's a, it's a disaster of Kitley's own making. Like I said, between playing the wrong quarterback and calling quarterback runs and getting your quarterbacks hurt, the, the offense has been just atrocious this year as a whole. Outside yeah. of outside of two games, outside of the Baylor and Houston games where they looked really good, but they leaned on Taj Brooks. Baron Morton played really well, but again. Baylor and Houston look like two of the four or five worst teams in the Big 12 along with Tech. So I don't know how much credit I can really give them. It's a hard watch right now. I found myself in the, in the second half of that BYU game, TJ, for the first time in a long time, just looking at my phone during the game and not locked in on the game. I just it, – it's apathetic. I just don't care anymore because – and, and I what hate if I, saying okay, that because I – I yeah, I want to bring something up real quick. We're talking about Will Hammond and Micah Hudson, okay? And these two dudes are just doing ridiculous things on Fridays throughout the state of Texas right now. And we talked about it early in the season. Would a down year cost you some of these recruits? Would it cost you some of these guys? Well, Hammond and Hudson are two that have remained locked in but let's say hypothetically you get your wish and Kitley's gone. Now does that start to open up those guys recruitment again? Like how married are we to Zach Kitley is the question. That, that's a really good question, TJ. And that might be the only thing that saves his job. 
Um, I don't know who were the primary recruiters on those two. Um, I have heard on, on pretty good authority that both are expected to be early enrollees in, in January to get into spring ball. Um, I don't know if it's the relationship with McGuire, uh, the relationship with Kitley, or a combination of the two. Um, I think if you keep if you can keep both of them and change the offensive coordinator, you do it. If them coming to Tech is predicated on Kitley still being here, I think that might be the one thing that could save Kitley's job as much as it's going to drive me crazy. But I better see results next year. You're going to have a Baron Morton healthy from from the the start that should be the starter. You're going to have Will Hammond ready to go. I'd love to redshirt him. Um, in the event that in in the event that Morton goes down, I think the rule is he can play four games. But um, if Kitley stays, you better finish with a top thirty offense next year, and it better look like an air raid because at that point it's no excuses. That's year three. You've had time to get your own offensive line recruits in. You're going to have your quarterbacks in place. Like it's time to pr- it's time to to start producing results. Recruiting and, can only take you so far. And I'd say well, the same thing to Coach McGuire. Well, yeah, yeah, you brought me to my next point. At, at what point does Kitley and sticking with Kitley, being loyal to Kitley, put McGuire even more on a hot seat? I think he's got one more free year, TJ. I think the recruiting numbers that he's been able to turn in in – last year and then this year and look this year's class is the highest in the new big 12 um by a pretty significant margin um i think that he could get away with bringing kitley back and make the argument and and look the argument he's gonna make to hokut is i lost both my quarterbacks kitley lost both his quarterbacks we've got our guys coming in next year Let, let me give kitley one more year i think if he sticks with kitley through next year and the offense is still really bad and they have another year where they go six and six or heaven forbid miss a bowl game again. I think that uh, Kitley is, or I'm sorry. I think that coach McGuire would be in Hokut's office at the end of next year and Hokut would look at him and give him the same thing, same, same conversation and demand that he gave Matt Wells when David Yost was run out of here. And it's, Kitley goes, or I fire both of you, and if you get rid of Kitley, you better find an offensive coordinator, and next year it's eight wins in the regular season, or you're gone too. So, uh, because again, at some point you have to start producing wins. You know, being the ambassador for the program and, and the rah-rah and everything, and great recruiting can only can only buy you so much time. So again, I think that he's safe this year. He's probably safe next year with another bad year, but at the end of next year, the heat will be turned up going into year four, and it's basically, hey, it's producer, get out. Can I throw an analogy your way? Sure. And we're both Dallas Cowboy fans, mm-hmm. right? We both agree that Mike McCarthy could be coaching for his job in the last year of his contract, correct? I'm of the opinion he should have been gone before this season. And I well, I've said since the day they hired him, I said that he was just uh, my, my nickname to my dad that he laughs at was Fat Garrett. Um, I don't think much has changed. So, But what, what's he doing differently this year? He's trying this Texas Coast offense that they're running out there that isn't any good. Well, he's calling plays, Blake, because his job's on the line. I'm not saying McGuire is going to start calling offensive plays. That's not his M.O., but we better start scoring some points and winning some football games. I think you and I both love Coach McGuire. I think we love the enthusiasm. We love the passion. We love what he's doing for the school. 
Um, and I'm not ready to just can Maguire or start clowning on Maguire at all. But back to my original point about the identity of the Texas Tech football program, it's been, yeah, you're going to score points. You're going to need to score points to beat Tech. Um, yeah, I, I think the Tech fan, and I speak for myself, and I'll get your thoughts here in a second. If you are entertaining and you can score points and you can move the football up and down and you can finish with winning records in this conference. Now, the new Big 12 is a whole nother thing. But I don't think there's any reason why this program can't be at the top level of the Big 12 year in and year out and win seven, eight, nine games every single year. I don't really care how they get there. I don't think they have to be entertaining and throw the ball just for throwing the ball's sake. I like an up-tempo offense. I like an offense that is a quote-unquote air raid, and that's what this is supposed to be, but it's not. Um, At the end of the day, I care about the results that you can produce on the field. I expect in the new Big 12 to be winning a minimum of eight games a year Um, and being in the top third of the conference with every other year or every once every three years being in the mix to go to the new Big 12 championship game. That is not an unreasonable ask. Um, I think that should be the expectation. I think that anything less than that being the expectation and you're not really having desires as a university to be a, a productive football program and a, and a prominent football program. And at that point, what are you doing? Right. Um, it's like with basketball, we have the expectation of, Hey, you better not have two or three years in a row of missing the tournament. You better make the tournament pretty consistently. You better advance in the tournament every couple of years if you want to have an elite program that comes with, with expectations. And right now they're not meeting those expectations like you. I believe him and coach McGuire. I think he is the right guy. But again, if, if we're sitting here at this time next year on October 25th of 2024, and he's sitting with a two and six or three and five record, I think that the heat's going to be turned up pretty, pretty hot at that point. Um, He would say he'll, again, he won't get fired. Next year, barring at like a one in ten season, if he goes one in ten, I think he'd be gone. But if if he has another bad year, they're going to tell him, "Hey, fire the coordinator." And and that's a traditional thing in football when head coaches are coaching for their job. Typically, the last year before that happens, they they change coordinators, right? They scapegoat the coordinators um, or whichever whichever coordinator is struggling more. Um, but yeah, it, it, he still has time. TJ, but at some point you have to start winning football games consistently. I completely agree, Blake. And this is the nation's official podcast. We want to thank those guys over at the nation for allowing us to do this. We do enjoy it. And uh, Blake, I think we've talked a little bit more than we thought we were going to today um, with everything that we talked about, but we got a bye week coming up. What are you going to do on Saturday? Uh, We've, How's that mean to you, by the way? It's coming along. It's a slow recovery, but um, plan to take it easy. I'll probably enjoy some college football that's not tech-related as we get ready for for next Thursday against TCU. Um, I don't even want to make a pick, TJ. I have no idea what to expect in that TCU game. If Baron Morton plays and is healthy, I think they've got a chance to win. Um, unfortunately, if, if Jake Strong plays, I'm going to predict TCU to do what they do, what they've done for the last three or four times they've come to Lubbock, and that's win a double win by double digits in Lubbock and 
my wife can make fun of me and laugh, and, and that's just no fun for me. But that's just the reality that it's been against TCU for a while. So, I, I, I completely agree, man. Um, this weekend, I'm all about the World Series and these Texas Rangers. So the bye week comes at a perfect time for me. I don't have to worry about a tech game to watch. I don't have to have a have my two TV set up going. I can just take a break and relax. Um and go Rangers, man. Like let's let's get this thing done. Let's win four more games. Uh sorry to the Red Raider Nation out there that are Astros fans. Actually, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to take that back and say They've had a 7-year <laughs> run. They've they've had a 7-year run. It's time for the, the Rangers to have a little bit of a run, sun run here. So, I don't feel sorry for Astros fans even if they are Red Raiders. Nah, but we do love our Red Raiders out there in Red Raider Nation. Blake, bye week. Enjoy it, my friend. You don't have to make a pick. We'll get together here soon and discuss uh, the uh, next episode, I've got a couple of ideas maybe for next week we could do since Tech doesn't play this week. And, uh, man, just enjoy yourselves. But always, how do we get out of here? Wreck them. Wreck them. We'll talk to you guys next time right here on the Nation's Official Podcast. <laughs>